listening to Passion Pod number 32 with Sam Parton from Open Play. So if I was to describe Open Play, I think I'd probably get it all wrong. Sports never been my strong point. Uh, so do you want to kick it all off? So Open Play is a place to easily find and book sports facilities. Uh, it lists at the moment about 3,000 sports facilities, predominantly in London, and allows people to compare and find them. And now in Dulwich and shortly amongst a couple of councils in London, it's going to have online booking. So you can go online and compare and, and book. And with that, ultimately, one day, the hope is that not only can you book the sports facilities, but you can connect with others. Um, that is where I see it going in the long run. But you know, you've got to start somewhere. So how on earth did you come up with that? Is that something that you saw a gap for because you were looking for it? Or how did, how did the idea come um, around? Yeah, well, the idea came about, actually. I was living in Paris and I wanted to find a place to play tennis. And actually, the French are more advanced than us. And they have this network where they've got, I think there's 20 different sites, tennis court sites, um, all interlinked. And you can go online um, and you can book them and compare the availability of the tennis courts. Being the French, they've obviously got lots of paperwork. And in order to kind of sign up to the system, you've got to fill, you know, send off X, Y, and Z photos. Um, so that, you know, there's a few barriers. But eventually, after several weeks, you become a member. And it, what I liked about it, I just thought this is great. I mean, this is what you know, the UK should have. And I honestly, I came up with that about four or five years ago. Did a bit of research, got to the point where I thought, um, um, and then I just, I ended up getting a job at a big car company called Renault, did the grad scheme there, and then joined a, another startup, which was, compl- you know, completely unrelated, but it was always at the back of my mind, and I always thought... Ticking over. Yeah, ticking over, and I always thought, you know, that's the thing which I've always wanted to do. And then I noticed, you know, on the back of the Olympics, there was a big drive for the um, participation, the legacy. And I, and I thought, well, there's an opportunity. So I, I, I actually built the original site on the side of my, my previous job with a different name. And then suddenly I realized that, you know, the timing, I think it was right. I tested it out on a few councils and spoke to them. And I, I, I realized actually that, you know, they were beginning to think online booking um, was something they need. And it, the sports industry is way behind all the other industries. I mean, online bookings existed for so many different industries in the past. Well, that's um, what I can't, like hearing you say that, yeah. I can't understand why there's not been anything over here before. No, and the reason is the sports industry is so backwards. It, it's Why is that? Because of funding, yeah. do you reckon? Funding certainly got something to do with it. It's also... There's so many different players in the sports industry. So you've got, you know, the councils who, who own and operate many of them. You've got some of the private individuals. Um, you've got schools. There's um, almost too many people there's involved. There's so many different people and no one really is interconnected and talks to each other. And the sports bodies actually really rule the roost because that's where a lot of the funding is comes in and is allocated. So they're actually probably the main hindrance to innovation, I'd say. It, it, it lies with them. How ironic. It's weird. It's yeah. bizarre. It's, it shouldn't be like that, but... You know, that, unfortunately, that, that's how it is. But yay for you, because that means you can come in and help yeah. sort it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is definitely, yeah, it's about you know, a private company moving fast. You can hopefully do something there. I think. So you say you were building it on the side, sweetie, going back to your yeah. little timeline. So you are you a web developer? Did you know enough about um, people help you with that? Or I wasn't a web developer, but I've kind of fallen into it. I'm definitely not a techie or programmer. But you've I, made it happen. But I've kind of made it happen. I actually got it built in, in India, and I did some of it kind of myself. You know, with them on as cheap as possible. So, so how did you go about starting that just out of interest? Was it literally a Google or...? Literally on Google I found something called Elance. You could create a pitch of what you wanted built and people could they could pitch for it basically. There's a design one like that as yeah. well, like someone's told me about. 99 designs maybe, there's a, there's, a, there's a few of them out there now. Elance is probably more for web development but I think it does other stuff. Cool. Um, so yeah, it, it was actually relatively simple. I got a few kind of quotes and then one guy was particularly friendly um, and I thought, yeah, he sounds good. I'll be having you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cheap as possible just get something up there I didn't really know what it was going to look like 
So do you think that's sort of your mentality to try and just get things out there is rather than take too long on yeah, it? Yeah, I think personally you, you do have to get it out there because you can guess what someone wants, but you don't actually know until it's out there, until you've got customer feedback. It's um, it's a different mindset now. It's, people call it kind of the lean startup really, where you just, you constantly test and experiment, you know, very, very cheaply and kind of try and rule things out and fail fast really. So try and find out if something doesn't work. Um, without spending very much doing it. It's quite good though, because a lot of people always say, you know, the, the fear of failure is so often what holds one back. Yeah. But if you're going on a model that A, is affordable, but also on the back of that, you're failing. Yes, you are. I guess in it a way... It makes you less scared of it. Yeah, it does make you less scared of it, because you are, in a way, constantly failing. But there's also, you know, there's something which will kind of win. And uh, yeah, you're constantly tweaking. And ultimately, it's for customers. So you listen to them, and that's what you're building it for. You're not really building it for you. So yeah, my, my advice is definitely, if you've got an idea, ideally, just try and get something up, even if it's based and even if you're embarrassed about it and you think oh god this is awful you know don't necessarily worry about that you know get it out there do you think what do you think your main challenges have been oh i think one of the hardest things is um there's so many things you want to do and you kind of write them all down and you don't know which one to start with you don't know how to prioritize them you try and do too much at once and you've actually just got to kind of focus on whatever your biggest priority is and get that out first um, so you sort of break it down break it say, down yeah, yeah. To kind of, yeah, what what needs to be built first, really, and what can you get out quickly? And then from there, you know, you can always build in new features or, you know, whatever it is. But I think certainly it was, it's, it can be quite overwhelming, really, knowing how to go about it. Um, someone gave me the analogy that starting a, a business, especially like a tech business, is like jumping out of a plane without a parachute. And nice. Really chilled, it's totally really relaxed. really chilled, yeah. <laughs> and you're falling down and then you've got to kind of, got to try and work out and kind of build your parachute as you fall down. And I generally think it is like that. And you, you have to start figuring things out as you're going down. And, you know, it's, it's a really exciting journey. But um, yeah, yeah, so it, tell me positives. What, yeah. what would you reckon is the best thing of your whole journey with OpenPlay? I think it's one of our customers just saying, you know, this is awesome. And basically using the, the features we've built and giving us really good feedback. I mean, that was probably the proudest moment, I think. So that is that happening now? Is it up and it's running? Yeah, it's people up and running. It? Yeah, people are using it. And it's, I mean, it's only a small scale. It's only in, well, at the moment in Dulwich. We've got a couple of quite big ones in the pipeline I'm touching wood because uh, you can never <laughs> touching yeah. wood on sound <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know I know <laughs> but I'm feeling yeah I'm feeling very confident about it now it how, how exciting it is exciting it's been it's, you see your face light up as you talk about that yeah, it's amazing because uh, one thing like, things do sometimes take longer than you, you envisage I thought yeah it's going to take two or three months to you know get our first customers on board and get them happy but you know as, as we went along we, we learned that you know different facilities need different needs and actually many of them you know, have multi-sports booking this is these are, these are things specific to what we're doing but we learned that and then we had to build them and I, I was quite lucky I found a technical business partner and that was lucky they're very hard to get if you're a non-techie and if you do get them then you kind of want to hug them every day because they really are <laughs> yeah, they, they, so much they love mean, so, yeah, it's like mean, can you get off me now actually yeah, I've had quite yeah, a few hugs for keep one them day. happy how did you meet that um, him huh well there was a I think there was a site called Tech Co-Founder or something, um, and there were a few others, and I just created a kind of a brief document saying what I wanted to do, what the basic idea was, and I was ignored by most of them. Oh, it's good for the ego, Doug. Yeah, it's good for the ego. And then <laughs> I think I got three responses, which is n not necessarily bad, 
two didn't materialise and, and there's one guy I met up with him for a drink very relaxed and I went from there and we were quite lucky we, we did go on really well so I was going to say that's a big that must have been quite a big decision with yeah. your little baby yeah to kind of share that with somebody. Yes, exactly, yeah. Talk me through that. How did you, was it just a gut feeling, do you think? Uh, very much so. And I guess skill set, he's bringing something that you, as oh, you say. Oh, yeah, I don't have his skills. And I, and I think I have skills which he certainly doesn't have. And that's, that, you know, that, if you're going to go for a business part of that, that's really important. You have complementary skill sets, really. So he does all the technical stuff. Um, but he does have a, a good business brain on him. And he knows, you know, when you haven't got any investment like we don't you have to focus on really what's going to bring you some money so he's he's got a good business brain on him but he doesn't like marketing doesn't like sales so that's where you come in so that's where i come in <laughs> yeah so. um, just going back to what you were saying there about not having um you know financial backing at the moment yeah. how are you making that work financially you mentioned earlier about your job at renault yeah so but you left that yeah but you yeah. were building this on the side yeah when i, when I knew i was going to do this i had a painful decision i had to move out of uh, a friend's house um, while i was paying rent and move back in with my parents oh how's that Painful. Uh, painful, yeah. Painful, <laughs> definitely. Like, this is a good look. It's a good yeah, look. Yeah, it is a good look. You become, you become like a teenager again. Um, As is bonuses, maybe some washing yeah, for your suppers. That kind of Depends stuff. Depends on how your mum's feeling. Yeah, but at the age of 20 something, you're kind of like, hang on, I think I'm done with this. But anyway, I had to do that. And I was able to kind of build up a little kind of buffer. So I knew that that was going to happen. And then from that, I knew that I could support myself for about six months or so. And that six months is coming to an end now, and I've got now got something called a startup loan, which is a government, very good government scheme. It's actually very particularly good for us because as part of this scheme, you get a huge discount of PayPal, who we use anyway for our online booking. I actually worked out that with the loan, it should effectively pay for itself and keep me going for six months or so. Great. And income's starting to come in now as well. So yeah, I mean, I can't get away from the fact that yeah, it is a risk, but it's actually a loan is probably one of the cheapest forms of finance you can get if you think about it. If you have to give away equity, then if you're trying to build something worth while then that's in you know in the long run going to cost you a lot more so something like a bank loan is if you can calculate the risk is, is probably you know, your best bet and the cheapest bet but they're very hard to get so this new initiative from the government um, which was only previously around for I think was aimed at 18 to 24 year olds has been extended to 18 to 30 year olds yay to the nearly 30s yeah and actually sunny <laughs> being nearly 30 is not so bad um, <laughs> So yes, yeah, I mean that's going to help. Um, meanwhile, my business partner he can do the odd freelance project around it and support himself. So it's so it's a stage it's, by stage process. It's a stage by stage process. Yeah. So is there any things that you've read or that you've any people you've spoken to that have inspired you? Do you think with this kind of journey? Yeah, very much so. I think uh, one of the the best books I've I've read and it's been most useful to me is is the Lean Startup by Eric Ries. So it basically describes you know how to go about building your business from a very, very lean point of view. Um, rather than, you know, perhaps the conventional thinking, which is get investment, make a huge, long, big business plan, five-year profit and loss projections. To be honest, like a business plan like that, it, it's, as a startup, it's going to change the whole time. And in fact, when you start a business, it might kind of change completely. There's so many examples where, that, where that's happened. And, and someone like the Lean Startup will save you a lot of time I think and so that links in with the parachute theory yes it does okay. exactly I think it probably even in that book it put, that's probably where it even comes from and there's a there's a couple of other books I think is it the four hour working week by Tim Ferriss is quite a good one that tells you about kind of outsourcing and outsourcing your life really and, and giving some of the mundane tasks and freeing up some of your time um, I like that idea you know it's that debate yeah. I think all the time where you're 
you know, is this worth me investing yeah. my time, or could my time? Yeah, be spent it, it is. What is, you know, what's your time worth? How much do you value your time? Because a lot of it, that is really, you know, the cost to you. Really, it's the time um, and what you're focusing yeah. on. I think. Yeah, you've probably got you know a million other things which you you should be concentrating on. So if you can get rid of some of that stuff, then then you should do it. Really. So if you were to give yourself one bit of advice when you started out, what would you have given yourself? I think um, the, the advice I'd give is, you know, go for it, especially actually at a younger age, because a lot of people say you need to build up experience, you know, work at a big company. And there's a lot to be said for that. You do learn some some skills. But, you know, I can safely say in the last six months, I've learned more in my entire career by a long, long way. And the, the skills you learn, are, obviously, you've got to, to kind of do a bit of everything. So whether it's, you know, financial planning or marketing sales, that kind of thing, but also things like negotiating and people skills, networking, that kind of stuff. You know, these are things which perhaps in a bigger company, you could take a long time to get. So, if, yeah, if I was to go back and well talk to myself five years ago, I'd say join a startup. You know, yes, you're probably not going to earn very much, but the learning will be far greater than any other company or a bigger company. Because I guess it's faster paced, isn't it? It is faster paced and you get more responsibility Um it's about being proactive and coming up with ideas and testing things and executing them. And if you're in a much larger company, a lot of the time you've got to kind of get sign off from someone else. You've got to worry about the brand image. In a startup, you know, no one really has much time, so it's kind of get on with it, test it out, you know, see what they think, within reason, obviously. Um, and that, for you know, a young graduate or something, is great, great learning. Especially if you've got that idea as well, I guess. You've got that little nugget. Yeah. Like being around that environment kind of encourages... Yeah. You know, it sort of shows you, I guess, a bit more as well. Yeah. Like that it's that it's doable rather than maybe that fear of, you know, I don't know if it's it's something I can make work maybe. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky in, in the startup I joined after Renault. The two co-founders were very, very switched on guys. They were very, very good at raising money and they did have slightly different skill sets. One had an MBA, the other was kind of a seasoned entrepreneur. But for me, it was you know great learning. I could pick their brains, I could ask them questions and they gave me a lot of responsibility and um, there were only three of us when we did it. So it's fantastic learning. And I generally think that you know a lot of people should strongly consider that. It depends what you want to do with your career, obviously. But if you want ultimately to be running your own startup, then it's a great school. I wonder as well, it's also about talking to people, okay, even if you don't necessarily work in a startup, just hearing you say that about, you know, having access to these guys and how they were thinking and what they were doing. Yeah. There's a lot of people who do talk to kind of other entrepreneurs, especially the ones who've been there and then done that. And they can a lot of you know fantastic advice, especially the ones who've been through kind of the bootstrapping process, you know, and really struggled. Those people, I think, can teach you a, you know, a hell of a lot. Also reassure yeah. you when and, you're thinking yeah. like, ah, yeah. I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, it's like, it's oh, you didn't, and but, look at where you are now. Yeah, it's certainly terrifying. But at the same time, um, yeah, when you're when you're trying to build your own startup, there's going to be a lot of highs and there's going to be a lot of lows. Uh, you, it's it is like a roller coaster. And so when you get highs, you you know you really enjoy them. It's it's good to celebrate, and you know you will get lows. But you know passion and caring about what you're doing will get you through those and help you ride them out. And it's just part and parcel of, of doing it. it. It's not comparable really in any way to working you know in a conventional nine to five job somewhere. The feeling uh, you get is completely different. You've been listening to Passion Pod number 32 with Sam Parton from OpenPlay.